So, are you ready for a little engagement? Some exchange of ideas? Some philosophy, some uh, spiritual, human, soulful, and romance? You know, sometimes I wish I did have a... There's a show on Sirius Radio. I don't know if you get her there in the boondocks of Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> called Sex with Emily. What an educational show. I learned more about women on that show than I've learned in my years of life. Also, you can... Uh, I've got this idea. Look, we've got a website, right? Ukraine, the heart of hope. And I've got this app on my phone. And as soon as I talk into that app, it translates into the words Ukraine or whatever language I wanted to. So, boom. Why can't we hook up my microphone and just use the website as the screen and it pops up in your language? I just don't get it. I'm going to call this app developer today. I promise. I've been putting this off for so long, but I cannot understand why that technology would not work. Can you, Robbie? I mean, just hook us up to the... Just put your app up on the... On the screen, it makes sense to me. So we're gonna we're gonna hook that up. You can get our app on uh, Apple and Android. You know that, and you can also watch your screen and your Ukraine. Ukraine. There goes my dyslexia voice. Ukraine, you know, there was Crossing the Yukon. That was a movie. Okay. So I didn't mean to call you the uh, Ukraine. What did I call you? <laughs> You're kind of desolate out there to some people, but when I look at these photographs I get from some of my pen pals, it's beautiful. I want to come visit. So Russia, get the hell out of there so I can come back and visit. We can run a radio show there for a week. We can give out contests and prizes. We can even have a beauty contest. Wouldn't that be fun? Modeling a cooking contest right there in Kiev, downtown Kiev. That's it. Enlightenment Radio goes to, goes to the heart of Ukraine, in the heart of shelling and danger and bombings. And No, I wouldn't do that. So... At least we're broadcasting. That's what counts. I better pay attention to the... Uh, yeah, okay. Thumbs, still thumbs up. Wait till the next glitch, Raji. <laughs> so those are two things we got to work on. We got to work on this translation thing. This is silly for me to talk here, and you not be able to understand what I'm saying until we post it on Spotify in your language. It just, I know we could triple, quadruple our audience if my language could be understood right away in real time. Or maybe our ratings would go down. I don't know. <laughs> oh, let's listen to this song. Everybody knows the captain lied. Buffoon Biden.
Everybody knows. Yes, they do. So, we've got some news ready for you. As soon as I find the Ukraine. There it is. Well, it was on there. What'd you do with the news, uh, Robbie? You posted on the Ukraine. There it is. Oh. 
Ukrainian defenders kill 490 Russians and destroy 22 artillery places in one day. This is from Yahoo. They had some statistics that uh, they took off of here. Russia continues to suffer losses in its war of aggression against Ukraine. And over the past day alone, Ukraine's defense forces killed 490 Russian occupiers and destroyed 10 tanks, 16 armored combat vehicles belonging to the Russians. That's pretty good. That's why old Vladdy's over there with uh, Rocket Man in North Korea trying to buy some more weapons. I think that uh, this may be coming to a head sooner than we thought. Or I also know that he, uh, he wants to... Uh, expand into there it is that's 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 the one i wanted that's the one i want i want to finish reading from this article okay because of the uh, earlier glitch i have to switch things around in uh, a shocking turn of events russia has faced significant losses in a single day of conflict raising questions about the ongoing military operations and their broader impl implications the casualties, which include 490 troops, 10 tanks, and 22 artillery systems, have sparked concerns that not only within a country, but also on the international stage, the sudden and substantial loss has cast a spotlight on the consequences of conflict and the importance of seeking peaceful resolutions. The human toll, 490 lives lost. The loss... 490 troops in a single day is a grim reminder of the human cost of armed conflict. Each of these individuals, this is as bad as World War I type casualties. Each of these individuals had families, dreams, and aspirations, and their deaths are a tragic reminder of the devastating impact of war. That's a good statement. Families left behind must now grapple with the immense grief and loss. And while their nation mourns the sacrifice made by these brave soldiers. Wow. You just got to pause when you read things like that. You know, some babies lost his daddy and mom. Or his mom's daddy, anyway. It's crucial to remember that every soldier on the battlefield is someone's son, daughter, spouse, or parent. That's right. Their dedication and service to their country should never be forgotten, and their deaths should motivate us to seek alternatives to violence in resolving conflict. The military hardware, tanks, and artillery systems, in addition to these loss of lives, Russia also lost 10 tanks and 22 artillery systems in this single day of fighting. This represents a significant blow to the country's military capabilities and raises questions about the effectiveness of their strategies and the state of their equipment. Tanks are crucial assets in modern warfare, providing both offensive and defensive capabilities. Losing 10 tanks in a day suggests that the conflict is fierce and that the military may be facing well-equipped adversaries. Artillery systems play a vital role Long-range firepower, yada, yada, yada. Broader implications. The loss of troops, tanks, and artillery systems in a single day is a stark reminder of the unpredictable and devastating nature of armed conflict. 
It highlights the importance of diplomatic efforts to resolve disputes and conflicts. Well, that's not Putin's game. His game is not to fight for a peace peace agreement, or if he does, it's one he's going to break in a few days anyway. He won't keep it. You stupid Americans, you stupid Canadians, you stupid French, they're not going to be no peace accord with this man. You got to get rid of this man. This is what you got to do. Here's, here's how you do it to sit down at the peace table. Everybody who wants Putin out of here, raise your hand. Boom. That's what you do. That's how you have a peace accord. If anybody wants peace and wants Putin out of here, raise your hand. Everybody say aye. <laughs> no one in the House doesn't say aye. The international community is closely monitoring the situation, and there are growing concerns about the potential for further escalation of the impact it may have on ongoing regional and global safety, stability, diplomacy, dialogue, negotiations, and to must be prioritized and prevent the further loss of destruction. Calls for ceasefire and peace talks, and Putin gone. That's the only way this is going to end. I've heard that from a secret source, one of his generals is all mapped out how to take over the west of Eastern Europe when he's done with Ukraine. Have you got that, people? They've got a map room where all of Eastern or most of Eastern European is back under their control. Are you kidding me? Putin in a peace talk? He'll stop where he is? No. Calls for the ceasefire and peace talks and the get, re get removal of Putin. That's the only way. In the wake of these heavy losses, there are increasing calls for an immediate ceasefire and the initiation of peace talks. Both domestic and international voices are urging the involved parties to lay down their arms and seek a diplomatic solution to the conflict. And it must, asterisk, big asterisk, Putin's got to be gone. Peace talks provide a forum for parties and address their grievances, concerns, and interests in a nonviolent manner. They offer the best chance to reach a resolution that is immutably acceptable and can bring an end to the suffering of civilians and soldiers alike. The need for international mediation. In cases where conflicts have escalated such a deadly level, international mediation may be necessary to facilitate meaningful peace talks, neutral third-party mediators, yada, yada, yada. People, you're not going to get in. Here's their conclusion. I'll read their conclusion, then I'll comment. The loss of 490 troops, 10 tanks, 22 artillery systems in a single day is a tragic reminder of the devastating consequences of armed conflict, it highlights the urgency of seeking peaceful solutions to disputes and conflicts, as well as the need for international mediation when conflicts escalate to such deadly levels. The world is watching. No, they're not. They're really not watching. I don't know anybody over here. The dinner conversations, TV, in gas stations, in casual parties. I have never heard anybody bring up the Ukraine. I'm sorry. They just don't talk about it. They don't want nothing to do with war over here. Now, if you start talking about Putin being gone, you'd get some, you'd get some eyebrows. You'd get some attention. It's about time you start thinking reality. If you had a peace agreement, 
with Vladimir Putin signing it or a peace agreement with no Vladimir Putin and another replacement signing it, which one would you raise your hand and trust more? That's obvious. You wouldn't get, unless there were some Russians in there had their hand, but it doesn't matter. As long as he's in there negotiating and these peace talks, you're not going to have peace with that turkey. So I did read the Yahoo News. Where is my... I also had some... Uh, I got to read boot, redo. Where did it go? Hurricane. Here's one. Hurricane. We got one down here in Florida. It's building steam. Let's see what she says. Is expecting heavy rain today. Severe storms this weekend have caused nearly 2,900 flight cancellations and more than 11,000 delays in the U.S. Don't cancel my flight. This is Hurricane Lee is gaining strength again in the Atlantic. Meteorologist Melissa Griffin joins me now for more on that. Melissa, what are you watching? Hey, Diane, you know, massive storms caused massive flight delays over the weekend, and it's all because of this stalled frontal boundary. We saw daily record rainfall in New York City, and take a look, flood watches issued yet again for so much of the I-95 corridor. From New York City to Hartford, Providence, Rhode Island, all the way up to Boston now, rounds of heavy rain expected today, so another wet day in store to start the week. It dries out a bit on Tuesday, then Wednesday, more rain before hopefully a more fall-like air mass moves in. And then, of course, we have to talk about Hurricane Lee, the 11 a.m update just came out still a major hurricane with winds up to 120 miles per hour and it's crawling barely moving there but you can see it finally picks up speed as we head into the middle end of the week and it will start to weaken a bit as it moves north Bermuda need to watch closely but I think it's going to pass it to the west and then we'll be watching it very closely up and down the eastern seaboard from Florida all the way to New England we're watching for dangerous rip currents beach erosion and huge waves take a look at the timing here it gets the closest to places like the mid Atlantic coast from Thursday evening with waves 30 to 50 feet way out there 10 to 20 feet closer to the coast and then this is Saturday morning places in New England are going to have to watch this closely we're still about a week away so we'll have to see exactly how close it gets to the coast but definitely some wind waves and of course those rip currents right into the weekend I am we watching it very closely all right meteorologist Melissa Griffin thanks Melissa well thanks Melissa Let's get her off before someone else comes back on. What is it? What was that? So, that hurricane's probably not going to mount a whole lot, but some wind and rain upstairs, up, up above my area. So, I had another, uh, where's my, uh, there we go. Didn't I have somebody in here? It is already 11.33. Let's take a little station break, and uh, I will handle some business and be right back for some more love and relationships with John Gray. You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7.
Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. Okay, so it's that time again. We learned about men going in their caves, women in their wells. they got to hit bottom before they can actually come back up shining and smiling. And men have to understand that, and they have to be with them and, and all that. So it's time. Speaking of bells ringing, <laughs> in the movie uh, Moonstruck, Nicolas Cage, he just loves the sheriff. He's just falling head over heels, and he, he, she was engaged to his brother. So he just walks up to her and says, will you marry me? She just wails off and slaps him across the room, rung his bell. Funny scene. Okay, so let's get to it. John Gray. His uh, relationships in men are from Mars and women are from Venus. The best number one selling book of that topic in the 90s, 10 years in a row. Okay, come on. Here we go. John, take away. His judgments and demands and learns how to give the required support. As a result, he enjoys a relationship that increases in love and passion through the years. He may have to weather a few emotional storms or droughts, but the reward is much greater. The uninitiated man still suffers from storms and droughts, but because he does not know the art of loving her through her time in the well, their love stops growing and gradually becomes repressed. When she's in the well and he's in the cave, Harris said, I tried everything I learned in the seminar. It was really working. We were so close. I felt like I was in heaven. Then suddenly my wife Kathy started complaining that I was watching too much TV. She started treating me like I was a child. We got in a huge argument. I don't know what happened. We were doing so well. This is an example of what can happen when the wave and the rubber band occur around the same time. After taking the seminar, Harris had succeeded in giving more to his wife and family than ever. 
Kathy was delighted. She couldn't believe it. They'd become closer than ever. Her wave was peaking. This lasted for a couple of weeks, and then Harris decided to stay up late one night and watch TV. His rubber band was starting to droop. He needed to pull away into his cave. When he pulled away, Kathy was greatly hurt. Her wave began to crash. She saw his pulling away as the end of their new experience of intimacy. The previous couple of weeks had been everything she had wanted, and now she thought she was going to lose it. Ever since she was a little girl, this type of intimacy was her dream. His pulling away was a tremendous shock to her. To the vulnerable little girl within her, it was an experience of giving candy to a baby and then taking it away. She became very upset. Martian and Venusian logic. Kathy's experience of abandonment is hard for a Martian to understand. Martian logic says, I've been so wonderful for the past two weeks. Shouldn't that entitle me to a little time off? I've been giving to you all this time. Now it's time for me. You should be more secure and reassured about my love than ever. Venusian logic approaches the experience differently. She thinks, these last two weeks have been so wonderful. I've let myself open up to you more than ever. Losing your loving attention is more painful than ever. I started to really open up, and then you pulled away. How past feelings come up. By not fully trusting and opening up, Kathy had spent years protecting herself from being hurt. But during their two weeks of living in love, she started to open up more than she ever had in her adult life. Harris's support had made it safe for her to get in touch with her old feelings. Suddenly, she began to feel the way she felt as a child when her father was too busy for her. Her past unresolved feelings of anger and powerlessness were projected onto Harris's watching TV. If these feelings had not come up, Kathy would have been able to gracefully accept Harris's wish to watch TV. Because her past feelings were coming up, she felt hurt when he watched TV. If given the chance to share and explore her hurt, these feelings would have emerged. Kathy would have hit bottom, and then she would have felt significantly better. Once again, she would have been willing to trust intimacy, even knowing it can be painful when inevitably he temporarily pulls away. When feelings get hurt. But Harris didn't understand why she would be hurt. He told her she shouldn't be hurt. And the argument began. Telling a woman she shouldn't feel hurt is about the worst thing a man can say. It hurts even more, like poking a stick into an open wound. When a woman is feeling hurt, she may sound as if she's blaming him. But if he's able to give her the caring and understanding she needs, the blame will disappear. Trying to explain to her why she shouldn't be hurt will make matters much worse. Sometimes when a woman is hurting, she may even agree intellectually that she shouldn't be hurting, but emotionally she's still hurting and doesn't want to hear from him that she shouldn't be hurting. What she needs most is his understanding of why she's hurting. Why Men and Women Fight Harris completely misunderstood Kathy's hurt reaction. He thought she was demanding that he give up TV forever. Kathy wasn't demanding that Harris give up TV. She just wanted him to know how painful it was for her. Women instinctively know that if only their pain can be heard, then they can trust their partner to make whatever changes he can make. 
Women don't expect perfection. They just need to feel understood. When Kathy shared her hurt, she just needed to be heard and then be reassured that he wasn't permanently reverting back to the old Harris, addicted to TV and emotionally unavailable. Certainly Harris deserved to watch TV, but Kathy deserved the right to be upset. She deserved to be heard, understood, and reassured. Harris was not wrong for watching TV, and Kathy was not wrong for being upset. Because Harris didn't understand Kathy's wave, he thought her reaction was unfair. He thought he had to invalidate her feelings if he wanted to take time to watch TV. He became irritable and thought, I can't be loving and intimate all the time. Harris felt he had to make her feelings wrong to gain the right to watch TV and live his life and be himself. He argued for his right to watch TV when Kathy just needed to be heard. She argued for the right to be hurt and upset. Resolving Conflicts Through Understanding It was naive for Harris to think that Kathy's anger, resentment, and feelings of powerlessness from being neglected for 12 years were going to go away after two weeks of being in love. It was equally naive for Kathy to think that Harris could sustain his focus on her and the family without taking time to pull away and focus on himself. When Harris started to pull away, it triggered Kathy's wave to crash. Her unresolved feelings started coming up. She was not just reacting to Harris watching TV that night, but to the years of being neglected. Their argument turned into yelling. After two hours of yelling, they weren't talking to each other. By understanding the bigger picture of what had happened, they were eventually able to resolve their conflict and make up. Harris understood that when he started to pull away, it triggered Kathy's time to do some emotional house cleaning. She needed to talk about her feelings and not be made wrong. Harris was encouraged by the realization that she was fighting to be heard, just as he was fighting to be free to do what he wanted to do. He learned that by supporting her need to be heard, she could support his need to be free. Kathy gradually understood that Harris didn't mean to invalidate her hurt feelings. In addition, she understood that though he was pulling away, he'd be back and that they'd be able to experience intimacy again. She realized that their increased intimacy had triggered his need to pull away. She learned that her hurt feeling had made him feel controlled and he needed to feel she was not trying to tell him what he could do and what he couldn't do. What a man can do when he can't listen. Harris asked, what if I just can't listen and I need to be in my cave? Sometimes I start to listen and I become furious. I assured him that this is normal. When her wave crashes and she needs to be heard the most, sometimes his rubber band is triggered and he needs to pull away. If he's pulling away, he can't give her what she needs. He empathetically agreed and said, yes, that's right. When I want to pull away, she wants to talk. When a man needs to pull away and a woman needs to talk, his trying to listen only makes matters worse. After a short time, he either will be judging her and possibly explode with anger, or he'll become incredibly tired or distracted and she'll become more upset. When he's not capable of listening attentively with caring, understanding, and respect, these three actions can help. Three steps for supporting her when he needs to pull away. One, accept your limitations. The first thing you need to do is accept that you need to pull away and have nothing to give. 
No matter how loving you want to be, you cannot listen attentively. Don't try to listen when you can't. Two, understand her pain. Next, you need to understand that she needs more than you can give at this moment. Her pain is valid. Don't make her wrong for needing more or for being hurt. It hurts to be abandoned when she needs your love. You're not wrong for needing space, and she's not wrong for wanting to be close. At such times, you might feel afraid that she'll never forgive you or trust you again. But she can be more trusting and forgiving if you're caring and understanding of her hurt. Three, avoid arguing and give reassurance. By understanding her hurt, you won't make her wrong for being upset and in pain. Although you can't give the support she wants and needs, you can avoid making it worse by arguing. Reassure that you will be back, and then you'll be able to give her the support she deserves. What he can say instead of arguing. There was nothing wrong with Harris's need to be alone or to watch TV, nor was there anything wrong with Kathy's hurt feelings. Instead of arguing for his right to watch TV, he could have told her something like this. I understand you're upset, and right now I really need to watch TV and relax. When I feel better, we can talk. This would give him time to watch TV, as well as an opportunity to cool off and prepare himself to listen to his partner's hurt without making her feelings wrong. She may not like this response, but she'll respect it. Of course, she wants him to be his usual loving self, but if he needs to pull away, then this is his valid need. He can't give what he doesn't have. What he can do is avoid making it worse. The solution lies in respecting his needs as well as hers. He should take the time he needs and then go back and give her what she needs. When a man can't listen to a woman's hurt feelings because he needs to pull away, he can say, I understand you feel hurt and I need some time to think about it. Let's take a time out. For a man to excuse himself in this way and stop listening is much better than trying to explain away her hurt. What she can do instead of arguing. In hearing this suggestion, Kathy said, If he gets to be in his cave, then what about me? I give him space, but what do I get? What Kathy gets is the best her partner can give at the time. By not demanding that he listen to her when she wants to talk, she can avoid making the problem much worse by having a huge argument. Second, she gets his support when he comes back, when he's truly capable of supporting her. Remember, if a man needs to pull away like a rubber band, when he returns, he'll be back with a lot more love. Then he can listen. This is the best time to initiate conversation. Accepting a man's need to go into the cave does not mean giving up the need to talk. It means giving up the demand that he listen whenever she wants to talk. Kathy learned to accept that sometimes a man just can't open up and listen or talk and learned that at other times he could. Timing was very important. She was encouraged not to give up initiating conversation, but to find other times when he could listen. When a man pulls away is the time to get more support from friends. If Kathy feels the need to talk, but Harris can't listen, then Kathy could talk more with her friends. It puts too much pressure on a man to make him the only source of love and support. When a woman's wave crashes and her partner is in his cave, it's essential that she have other sources of support. 
Otherwise, she can't help but feel powerless and resent her partner. How money can create problems. Chris said, I'm completely confused. When we got married, we were poor. We both worked hard, and we barely had enough money for rent. Sometimes my wife Pam would complain about how hard her life was. I could understand it. But now we're rich. We both have successful careers. How can she still be unhappy and complain? Other women would give anything to be in her situation. All we do is fight. We were happier when we were poor. Now we want a divorce. Chris didn't understand that women are like waves. When he married Pam, from time to time, her wave would crash. At those times, he'd listen and understand her unhappiness. It was easy for him to validate her negative feelings because he shared them. From his perspective, she had a good reason to be upset. They didn't have a lot of money. Money doesn't fulfill emotional needs. Martians tend to think money is the solution to all problems. When Chris and Pam were poor and struggling to make ends meet, he would listen and empathize with her pain and resolve to make money so she wouldn't be unhappy. Pam felt that he really cared. But as their life improved financially, she continued to get upset from time to time. He couldn't understand why she still wasn't happy. He thought she should be happy all the time because they were so rich. Pam felt he didn't care about her. Chris didn't realize that money could not prevent Pam from being upset. When her wave would crash, they'd fight because he would invalidate her need to be upset. Ironically, the richer they became, the more they fought. When they were poor, money was the major focus of her pain. But as they became more financially secure, she became more aware of what she wasn't getting emotionally. This progression is natural, normal, and predictable. A wealthy woman needs more permission to be upset. I remember reading this quote in an article. A wealthy woman can only get empathy from a wealthy psychiatrist. When a woman has a lot of money, people, and especially her husband, don't give her the right to be upset. She has no permission to be like a wave and crash from time to time. She has no permission to explore her feelings or to need more in any other area of her life. A woman with money is expected to be fulfilled all the time because her life could be so much worse without this financial abundance. This expectation is not only impractical, but disrespectful. Regardless of wealth, status, privilege, or circumstances, a woman needs permission to be upset and allow her wave to crash. Chris was encouraged when he realized he could make his wife happy. He remembered he had validated his wife's feelings when they were poor, and he could do it again, even if they were rich. Instead of feeling hopeless, he realized he did know how to support her. He had just gotten sidetracked by thinking his money should make her happy, when really his caring and understanding of her had been the source of her contentment. Feelings are important. If a woman is not supported at times when she's unhappy, then she can never truly be happy. To be genuinely happy requires dip, dipping down into the well to release, heal, and purify the negative emotions. This is a natural and healthy process. If we are to feel the positive feelings of love, happiness, trust, and gratitude, we periodically also have to feel 
anger, sadness, fear, and sorrow. When a woman goes down into her well, this is a time when she can heal these negative emotions. Men also need to process their negative feelings so that they can experience their positive feelings. When a man goes into his cave, this is the time when he silently feels and processes his negative feelings. Later, we'll explore a technique for releasing negative feelings that works equally well for women and men. When a woman is on the upswing, she can be fulfilled with whatever she has, but on the downswing, she then will become aware of what she's missing. When she's feeling good, she's capable of seeing and responding to the good things in her life. But when she's crashing, her loving vision becomes cloudy, and she reacts more to what's missing in her life. When a woman's wave crashes, she temporarily forgets all the good things that are happening in her life. Just as a glass of water can be viewed as half full or half empty, when a woman's on her way up, she sees the fullness of her life. On the way down, she sees the emptiness. Whatever emptiness she overlooks on the way up comes more into focus when she's on her way down into the well. Without learning about how women are like waves, men cannot understand or support their wives. They're confused when things get a lot better on the outside, but worse in the relationship. By remembering this difference, a man holds the key to giving his partner the love she deserves when she needs it the most. Chapter 8, Discovering Our Different Emotional Needs Men and women generally are unaware of how they have different emotional needs. As a result, they don't instinctively know how to support each other. Men typically give in relationships what men want, while women give what women want. Each mistakenly assumes that the other has the same needs and desires. As a result, they both end up dissatisfied and resentful. Both men and women feel they give and give, but do not get back. They feel their love is unacknowledged and unappreciated. The truth is, they're both giving love, but not in the desired manner. For example, a woman thinks she's being loving when she asks a lot of caring questions or expresses concern. Well, when a woman is down in her well... She has forgotten every good thing you've ever done for her. <laughs> Tell me about it. When a woman is, here's when you don't argue with a woman, when she's hungry, when she's tired, and when she's out of serotonin and in her will. A woman charges her serotonin, which is the hormone that gives her the feeling of well-being and being loved and loves herself. So she charges, recharges her hormone, serotonin, at night while she's sleeping. She runs out of it about 8 o'clock at night. You know, sometimes. I, I'm just speaking generally. Some woman, their serotonin kicks in at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> but you just don't want to argue with them when she's tired, she's hungry, because you are not going to win. You're going to lose everything you gained all these weeks. So that's our John Gray for today. Let's hit it for Amore and be out of here. Where'd it go? Yeah. That's Amore. Amore.
So what you do when you're getting ready to have a fight, you give her a nice massage, you bring her a piece of the feeder, and you give her some serotonin by whispering a few words in her ear she's never heard you say before. And you are in like Flynn, gentlemen. It's amore. Goodbye, Dino. We're just about over with our show today. We got a couple minutes to go. This has been your host, Mystic Guide for Enlightenment Radio. Be sure and tune in tomorrow at the same time, same place, same people, same philosophy. Keep your mind on the Word of God. The Word of God is never changes. It's always true. It is always love, peace, joy, compassion, and it is the truth. Everything else is, like Bob Dylan says, all the truth of the world is just one big lie. Good night, everybody.